This is Free Talk Live, Wednesday edition. We kick off hour number one. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll-free lines for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You get to bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Dot com board up. I can hear some audio of some sort in the uh, very faint, distant background. Um, so, Mark, let's start out by talking about a crazy man. Okay. Uh, crazy man. No shortage of those around. Crazy man who was arrested. Now, I've been I've been spending a, a lot of time, probably too much time, on the law enforcement forums here this week. Uh-huh. And one of the um, topics that was posted recently was mm-hmm. essentially. The the topic thread was FTL Ian, you're welcome. And um, I didn't I didn't do anything to provoke this. The guy just posted this thread mm-hmm. about how I should be saying thank you to the military for uh, for keeping me free. And consequently, the uh, police officers. Hey, yeah, it was really a, a thread more about the, the military. military. Okay, but I guess it was sort of on the sidelines about about police officers. And I and, and I was thinking about that when I read this story. On ABC News, in that if indeed the military's purpose is to keep us free, and I don't believe that to be the case at all. I believe it would be true if we were being attacked and they were actually defending somebody that was attacking the United States, which hasn't happened for a long time. I think the servicemen and women that are in the military are willing to do things to keep to keep us free, but I don't think that their criteria is nearly as strict as what mine is. I think that if you are, if indeed it is true that the military ha- is out there to to keep us free, then this is a bit of a contradiction to that. What happened to this guy? Uh, according to ABC News, FBI agents have arrested a St. Louis businessman who they say posed as a highly decorated Marine major even though he never served in the Corps. 48-year-old Michael Weilbacher was arrested while attending a local Marine Corps League meeting. Federal authorities said he was spotted earlier this month at another event, the Marine Corps Annual Birthday Ball, wearing several distinguished medals. Quote, he was wearing the Navy Cross, two silver stars, four bronze stars, and just about every medal in the book, said Major William G. Dragon, who attended the event, and told ABC News that he immediately became suspicious of Weilbacher. I mean, he's got so many medals on, uh, he'd drown if you put him in a pool. I mean, he was essentially really loaded up. Okay. And so, he's got a real, uh, what do they call that, fruit salad on his chest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's just a crazy man, apparently, who wants to be, uh, wants to pretend like he's a hero. And okay. if the military is really out there fighting for freedoms, why isn't one of those freedoms the freedom to pretend <laughs> like you're a hero? Why is it illegal for this man to masquerade himself as a hero? Why is there a law against this? I don't know, but it's strange. Um, the, I guess the biggest uh, problem I have with this is that uh, somewhere... Down the line, my tax dollars, or at least someone's tax dollars, are going to keep this guy in jail for pretending to be a Marine. Now, wait a second. If you don't think, if for some reason you're defending this, if you're thinking in your mind, well, you know, it's it's pretty nasty to pretend to be a Marine, and I I want you to ask the question, well, what's the penalty for pretending to be a radio talk show host? There is none. What's the penalty for pretending to be uh, a person that works at McDonald's? Uh, none. Pretending to be a telephone operator. Probably uh, not on the telephone. Though. None. Just posing as a telephone. Like, I have the job. I think I see where you're going with yeah. all this. And, and the thing is, is if you don't think that these people think they're better than you, 
then you're mistaken. Unfortunately, our um, law enforcement officers, our military people, um, you know, somewhere along the line, it became they became moved up a couple of notches in um, towards godhood from the rest of us. Consequently, they're able to do what they want to to us. And I have a real problem with that. Now, firefighters are up there too. I, you know, as you know, I was a volunteer firefighter for a period of time. But what if right. I wasn't? Should I go to jail for saying? Well, I was? now I can understand the law about impersonating a police officer. You know, I, 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 impersonating a police officer, the very least, impersonating pr- police officer in uniform. Right, because if you're out there impersonating a police officer with the intention of, say, making somebody think you're a cop, so they give you money for a ticket or. Uh, tricking a woman into giving you sexual favors to get out of what she believes is a speeding Mm -hmm. ticket or whatever the reasons, or maybe just to get into somebody's house so you can harm them in some way. I can see that that could be a problem. I can see there's a problem, but I think you you should have to show harm. And if you're not able to show harm, then I agree. If, if I go into a bar and I sit next down, um, sit down next to some chick who, um, re- you know, says, you know, I sure do love coppers, and I say, well, that's funny. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. I'm a <laughs> copper. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. It's a waste of people's money to put me in jail for lying about that. That I agree with. I agree. If you're hurting somebody, or if there's an intent to harm, or fraud, defraud, or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, then then I agree with that. Um, well, one might be able to argue uh, intent to defraud, but uh, not defraud them. Defraud out of money or, yeah. or harm them in some way. But when it comes to this guy, who was just wearing a few bronze stars and navy crosses <laughs> and pretending guy. like he was a hero just so he could maybe fit in or get some attention from people that he probably looks up to and wants to feel like he's a part of their you know, club, basically... I see absolutely no reason this man should be arrested, and certainly, as you pointed out, no reason that we need to be paying for all of this. Well, let's go on with the story. He boasted of getting his Navy cross by leading a secret mission against drug cartels in Colombia, which seemed very strange to me, according to the actual major who had sort of caught him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weilbacher's girth also raised suspicion, Dragon said. Okay. He's massively overweight, something like 400 pounds, and yet he claimed he had just left the Marines, which mm. didn't add up because he would never meet USMC physical standards, according no. to Dragon. They're Federal, uh, very strict on that. Federal authorities say there's no record of Weilbacher ever serving the Marines, and he was charged under a federal law that makes it illegal to wear armed forces medals without being authorized. Also, the fine, uh, the charge carries a penalty of six you know, months in prison. I violated that law. Really? Yeah, in high school, I, you know, there was a. Um, I, I remember I went to a, a what do you call it, uh, yard sale, and I picked up some medals that I thought were interesting looking, and I put them on my jacket. I don't, I didn't, you know, uh, make any, try to make anyone believe that I had earned these medals. I think that they would be an idiot to think that 127. Uh, pound 17-year-old boy, in fact, had military medals. Right. I just had them on the jacket. And you didn't know it was against the law, right? Right. And here you go. One more law violated. The just imagine, as you stupid, were leaving wherever law. it was you were, you could have been arrested for this. Mm. High school. A bill currently before Congress. Oh, by the way, I said there was six months in prison that he could be facing. Uh, it's a penalty of six months in prison and or a fine of $50,000. Oh, that's ridiculous. A bill currently before Congress, the Stolen Valor Act of 2005, would also make it against the law to make verbal or written fraudulent claims of having been awarded medals or decorations. Hmm. FBI agent Tom Catone Jr., who, was invest- who, who has investigated more than 200 cases of imposters wearing military medals, this... What? 
This guy has a really dumb job. This is his job is to investigate these claims? Please, aren't there murderers or rapists out there that the FBI could be going after? Really, this is just more evidence that there's absolutely no use whatsoever for federal police. Please. I, I would like to know the reasons for federal police. He says they do it to feed their own egos and gain instant respect and admiration. Well, so what? Yeah. If they get caught, they should be excluded from the group. This guy was caught at a uh, Marine Corps annual birthday ball. Don't you think that this could have been handled just as effectively by um, you know, somebody get, getting up in front of the microphone? Uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to point out, you see the fat guy down there? Yep, Dan. He's lying about having been in the Marines. Um, he's lying about his Silver Star. He's re- lying about his Bronze right. Cross. He's lying about all Embarrass of it. Embarrass this guy. He'll leave and probably in tears if you were to do something like that to him. And that'll be, that would, that'd be it. Okay, he might show up at the Veterans of Foreign Wars meeting the next month looking for somebody to accept him. But eventually, Send the word's going to get the around. That's right. fine. Word's going to get around. If he tries to show up in a wheelchair, um, you know, to tell the disabled veterans of America, too, that uh, this, guy's, this guy's lurking around and wants some attention. Right. We just, don't, I just, we just don't apparently have enough laws telling people what they can and can't do. Well, anyway, the FBI agent says, The imposters also attempt to enhance their careers and achieve financial gain. There are probably thousands of individuals currently wearing unearned medals and decorations and thousands more, making false claims of receiving military awards. How is it that this uh, gives you financial gain, exactly? Uh, is it when you're applying for a job, somebody's going to give you a raise because you I think that it got a medal? I'm, I'm sure it well, does Well, it should you. be on them. It should be their responsibility to check out your claims. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The packet, eight toll-free lines. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Over 140,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting on our bulletin board system. And you can get on there for free as well. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com and uh, enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. bbs.freetalklive.com. Talking about a, a, a pretty disturbing case about a, a guy who's a St. Louis businessman. His name is Michael Weilbacher. He's 400-plus pounds. And apparently he's just been sort of showing up at uh, various Marine Corps functions wearing medals that he didn't earn. Yeah, real poser. Yeah, he's just a, a guy that wants to have some friends in the military, right? He's somebody that wants to feel like he was a hero even though he's just a fat guy, basically. Yeah. And, you know, he's a, he's a businessman, I mean, you're a hero for being a businessman. That should be enough, but apparently it wasn't enough for him. He wanted to put some fake medals on. I don't know. They might actually have been real medals that he got from somewhere. Who well, I'm knows? I'm sure he did. Uh, you, you can get real medals. Right. So he's got medals on. He's pretending. I mean, it was like, uh, let's see, bronze stars, silver stars, the Navy Cross. I mean, he really had a whole bunch of them, which actually brought uh, extra attention to this guy. He boasted, for instance, of getting his Navy crossed by leading a secret mission against drug cartels in Colombia, which seemed very strange to me, said one of the military experts who was actually in attendance. And you'd think it would have just stopped here, in that they would have just said to the guy, excuse me, um, Michael, Mr. Weilbacher, we've, we've checked your records, and you've never even been in the Marine Corps. Now we're going to have to ask you to leave our little Marine party. And then he would have said, oh, I just wanted to have some friends. 
okay. And he would have turned around and, you know, gone home and cried. Right. And that would have been it. And wouldn't that have been great? Right, well, that would have been it. Now, it instead, it. they called the FBI, got in touch with Tom Catone Jr., the FBI agent, who's investigated more than 200 cases of so-called imposters wearing military medals. And now this guy's being brought up on charges, arraigned in federal court on December 7th, could be facing six months in prison and $50,000 in fines. Ridiculous. And, and so I went, scrolled down here on the ABC News article, because they, uh, they have comments, and you can, and just want to see what people thought about this. And I can't, I can't say I'm surprised. David says, with all the problems this government's experiencing, are we actually spending time and money charging men with playing dress-up? I admit it's wrong, and a slap in the face of all the men and women who have served so bravely, but was anyone really hurt by this? Response from another um, it's sort of, um, To some extent, it's sort of like making flag burning illegal. You know, I mean, it's that same line of reasoning. Yeah, it's that same, uh, yeah, this is my yeah. country. This thing is sacred. Mm-hmm. You can't desecrate it. And somehow it's desecrating a, a piece of metal. I guess it's desecrating the other guys who actually earned it, right? That's sure. the suggestion. I, yes. I don't know. Ian, that may be that may be true. I would say that it's a desecration. <laughs> I'd say it's a desecration in most cases to give the piece of metal to someone because here is, you know, your limb that you lost is worth this shiny little piece of pot metal that's painted gold and purple. Well, I mean, it means something. It means something to them, and that's fine. Right, but they're just they're There's assigning no need to minimize. Meaning. I understand. There's no need to minimize what it means to them. However, these big bad marines should be a little bit tougher than to just say, uh-huh, "He's wearing medals and he didn't earn it." Arrest that man. I mean, come on. Can't you just have a little thicker skin than this? Can't you just let him get away with his little imposter gig and just kick him out of your private club? I mean, really. I think that the military should be giving a million dollars instead of Purple Hearts. Every limb I get blown off, I should get a million bucks. That'd make me feel better. Chris writes in, uh, David, you just answered your own question. That slap in the face to those who do wear the uniform hurts real bad. Aww. Mike Jones says, Wikes, uh, what sick kind of pervert would walk around with medals in a uniform trying to convince everyone he's a hero? I'm glad to see the FBI's going after these wannabes. Chris, I think your indignation, just like our president's current war, is misplaced. Does it really hurt so bad for someone currently wearing a uniform to see someone else impersonating them? If so, then they may be in the wrong line of duty. I think David is right. We have much larger problems to worry about now. I think those currently wearing military uniforms would rather see money and effort put into designing and purchasing better personal ar- personnel armor and equipment, dedicating more resources to on-the-ground intelligence, and most of all, they would like to see more time and effort put into diplomatic efforts so that maybe they don't have to risk their lives. Mm, nobody wants peace like a soldier wants peace. Or maybe I'm wrong, says Edward. Maybe you think that they would rather have our government spend more money and resources to make sure that fewer people mimic them instead. And then uh, Red Glare says, what about George Bush playing dress-up in that flight suit on the USS Lincoln? You remember that uh, photo yeah. up? I guess because he wasn't wearing medals, then that makes it okay to impersonate a Navy person or Air Force person? Well, it was, I guess, maybe. What Seems worse than this poor guy, since Bush was trying to dupe the whole nation into thinking he was some kind of war hero. This guy was simply looking for a little approval and isn't worthy of a big ABC News expose. Don't you all have bigger fish to fry as investigative journalists, like lying, posing, uh, posing public servants and presidents? Posing? I'm not sure what that means. 
But anyway, I don't. Th- I think ABC News did a good job here. They didn't necessarily take a position on it. They were just reporting on the fact that this guy was being arrested. In fact, I'm glad ABC News did this, because if they hadn't have talked about this, if they hadn't have reported on it, then have, we wouldn't have known. We'd have never known. Right. This guy would have just gotten arrested, gone to court, been prosecuted, and nobody would have known that it's illegal to wear a military medal without actually having been awarded it. Now you know, and knowing's half the battle. <laughs> so they say. It's cute. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number for you. You can take control of the airwaves. In fact, we're going to jump into uh, an email here in a little bit uh, from, actually, going to do it now probably, from Robert Wicks. But I still would like to hear from somebody who thinks that this should be illegal, who agrees that we need to have an FBI agent investigating 200 cases of so-called military imposters. Is this really something that we need to be spending time on? 800-259-9231. Seems ridiculous to me, but... Robert emails in. Uh, he says, I'm from an area so rural that I had relatives in the late 70s, early 80s who didn't even have indoor plumbing. Holy my, crap. <laughs> my family has lived on its own land for generations, as one of my ancestors was freed from slavery before the Civil War. Many of my relatives have remained in the same area. As a result, I grew up in a tight-knit community filled with family and had little contact with law enforcement. In my area, the sheriff was responsible for most enforcement. The police were responsible for the municipality, but the sheriff handled the area in which I lived. You know, it's sort of that way for me growing up, too. I never saw a sheriff out where I lived. There would there'd be no reason for them mm-hmm. to come out there. A cow getting loose? What yeah. for? I never saw those flashing lights come to any of my neighbor's houses. The first time I ever even saw a law enforcement official officer up close... Uh, outside of one of my distant cousins, who was a deputy who I rarely saw in uniform, was at school during some dare thing or something. My point in this is that I didn't have a negative view of the police as I was growing up. They were not much more relevant to me in my mind as were the guards at Buckingham Palace. I have (laughs) generally a favorable view of people, and I didn't see officers as being any different. Then I went to Atlanta. We'll continue his story here in a moment. 800-259-9231. The story of how he had an entire shift in opinion on his thoughts on the police. Went from not really having much of an opinion or thinking favorably towards them to something completely different. We'll give you his story coming up. Yours as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free lines. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Shrine of female listeners awaits you. Dozens of ladies, dozens and dozens of them from around the world, have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Come and hear a speech by John Stossel entitled Enemies of Liberty, the three-day event starting on February 23rd in 2007. And you can get registered now and learn more at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That again, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we continue, an email from Robert uh, in Georgia telling us about how he's had a bit of a perspective shift over the years when it comes to police officers. 
He said that when he was growing up, he lived in a very rural area, and uh, in fact, his family didn't even have indoor plumbing. And so rarely did he see the police coming out. In fact, he says he didn't even remember it happening at all. They never came out to visit his neighbors or anything like that. There wasn't a crime problem out there. darn rural, I must say. As he was growing up, he had very little contact with law enforcement. And as he was getting ready to go off to college, by the time he was, even when he was in his teens as a, uh, as a young black male, he still didn't see officer, uh, officers in a negative light. He had a very favorable view of all people, and that, by proxy, included law enforcement officials. Well, when I came to Atlanta, says Robert in his email, to go to college, I had a number of friends from cities. They all had negative views of the police. I found this curious and was unsure that if it was due to genuine oppression or them just associating with criminals. I was and still am very much a nerd and read read far more than I watch television. So I never saw street activity either in person or on television. During my time in Atlanta, however, my encounters with police, both in person and by proxy, have changed many of my attitudes. I have been stopped by police for a broken taillight and had lights shown into the car with him searching for stuff. I've been in a friend's car when the police have now, had... that's the worst thing that ever happens to you when dealing with a police officer. You've done real well. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine, but it's still pretty intimidating and scary. It's a little... I don't know. I mean, having a cop look, you know, use his flashlight to look around. I, I don't know. They're looking to find something to, to arrest you with. If they're That's looking, the purpose of that. If they're looking to find something to arrest me with, I'm in pretty good shape. If they, in fact, have what they're going to arrest me for in their pocket, that's when I'm in trouble. That's true. Uh, he says, I've been in a friend's car when the police have had everyone get out while they searched it. We were doing nothing wrong, given no explanation, and were not arrested or warned for any activity. During these encounters, the sense of menace and potential for death was quite palpable. It was apparent that I was not engaged in an association with somebody who considered me an equal. And that sort of thing tends to turn people off. In fact, I got uh, to comment on that. That much is true. I, I get that feeling from a lot of police officers. Not all of them. I want to make sure that I'm you know, very careful about saying this here. I think a number of them do realize that they're just people too, just doing a job. But I think a lot of them have a, a, a real us-versus-them mentality. And I've, I guess I was pointing out, I've been posting on the law enforcement forums at lawenforcementforums.com, just kind of exploring some ideas with these guys. And, uh, and I've just been getting just the, the most negative comments Well, they, from they deal with some tough people to deal with on a daily basis, and I can understand. As they get to know you better, perhaps um, that'll change somewhat. Well, just uh, just an example of some of the things that they've said. Uh, th- there's this reputation thing. They can slap you with negative reputation, sort of like we we have that sort of on our bulletin board, but you can't identify on ours who's giving it to you. Here mm-hmm. you can, and uh, they actually can leave comments. Here's a couple of them. Choke on your own vomit. <laughs> F nice. you in the A with a wire brush. Crawl back Ooh. under your rock, uh, and uh, the, and then they just go on. Yeah, well... Um, so it's just the, the internet sort of breeds things like that. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But uh, but nonetheless, it just sort of shows you some of the mentalities uh, that we're dealing with here. Anyway, back to Robert's email. He says, once I turned around to avoid a roadblock just so I wouldn't have to deal with the police. I had three friends in the car with me. We were all black males aged 18 to 21. <laughs> that's trouble. <laughs> three of them were in college. None had records. Huh, that's really funny. Why was I so nervous? Well, back in the day, I was a... Was- three black guys in a car that were between the ages of 18 and 23. And well, that normally, that... W- that normally would be enough, but there's more. Um, back in the day, I was a rapper. We were building a studio in my apartment, and we were looking to buy a fairly expensive piece of equipment with cash. 
We had something like $3,200 in the car with us at that time. Mm. Though the money was obtained completely honestly, we couldn't take the chance that the police were going to steal it and potentially try to lock us up on some trumped-up charge to boot, which is very, very realistic yeah, possibility. it really is. By that time, I'd had enough personal experience, heard enough news reports, and been told enough accounts by f- uh, friends and family to realize that the best policy for me regarding the police is to avoid them. I'm a middle-class black man who has never been in trouble for anything, but I feel safer around a group of ordinary people, even if I know for certain that there are criminals among them, than if I feel than I feel if I'm around an on-duty officer. Maybe that's just paranoia, but that's just how I feel. Hmm. My attitude. Towards- I don't feel that way. What do you uh, mean? Well, I would generally, if there's an officer around, I. I don't feel I don't feel like I'm going to be in any trouble from that person. You're also not a black man. I'm not a black man, and I'm not in my early twenties. Um, you know, if if they give me trouble, they're they're going to have some back, and it's probably going to be from a legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, I I don't feel that way. That doesn't that doesn't um come over me. That's not the way I live. But I, uh, my best friend, as you know, is is black or sort of, and. Uh, he grew up in Manhattan, and he never had any problems with the police or any mm-hmm. run-ins or anything like that. And he uh, moved to Florida, and and he says he's been pulled over for driving while being black like three times since he's really been living in Florida. It's probably been five years. So uh, maybe things are different in different places um, too. Well, he is talking about Atlanta, and uh, Atlanta is mostly a black town, uh, or at least a in in a, in a lot of places it is. I don't know how their police department is. I haven't spent a lot of time in Atlanta. But. He says my attitude toward police is very similar to that which my father has described to me about white people in general when he was growing up. This sort of fear has been common amongst black people, and it's sometimes difficult for other ethnic groups to understand it. One of my friends is married to a white woman, and he told me how they got stopped. And she was asking him why he was so deferential to the officer rather than standing up for his rights. He had to explain to her why he doesn't have some of the liberties that she might be used to in that regard. Blacks really have never had those kind of liberties generally. That's one of the reasons the return to freedom and the this country used to be much more free mantras don't do anything for us. I understand what's meant yeah. by that because Robert is a libertarian. But for a lot of blacks, that sounds like, get government out of the way so we can put these blacks back in their place. That misunderstanding is one of the things which has prompted me to write in. So the idea being that, you know, maybe this whole let's get back to freedom concept isn't really so tantalizing to to black people. And I, I, can, I can see, see where that. he's coming from. You know, I, I, he has mentioned that before, and I can definitely see, and I've, I've tried to mention, um, mention that, but... He he does understand how some freedoms have crumbled, and whereas in other cases other people well, he have, understands it because he's done the research yeah. and he's a, he's done he's educated himself on these issues. Right. When it comes to just your average folks, right. um, <laughs> let's return to the freedoms whether, we used to have. Well, whether white or black, I mean the average average Americans don't understand any of this stuff. Um, but that said, once I think I've had experience communicating liberty to black people, and they are very open minded to it. All you have to do is talk about what's going on today. Yeah. You don't have to talk about returning to yesteryear, because if you are hearkening back to 1776... Yeah. The Constitution really isn't that valuable to black Americans, considering right. they're outlined in it as uh, worth three-fifths. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, what you want to talk about uh, is, when you're out doing outreach to black people, is you want to talk about how they are being oppressed by the government today... And how reducing the size of government is obviously going to help them. It's going to put them in a a better position to open businesses, a better position to create wealth for themselves. Right. 
These are it, things that a, all people want to do. A better place to not be um, discriminated against by law enforcement. Whether You're or targeted. Not, whether or not they are discriminated against by law enforcement, a lot of them feel that way. As a matter of fact, most of them feel that way. And I think they have a legitimate reason to feel that way. I think they do because it doesn't it, it doesn't seem to me like every black person in America would be saying that we're treated poorly by law enforcement if every black person in America didn't feel like they were being treated poorly by law enforcement. 1-800-259-9231. So communicating on today's issues, talking about how lower taxes and uh, more freedoms is going to help them now instead of referencing the past. Good approach. You take control of the airwaves, your show, you bring up anything on the way. The Liberty Dollar is under attack yet again. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are free. Well, you uh, enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com, though if you like what we're doing on the show, head over and shop. Buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. You can buy Free Talk Live branded merchandise like hats and t-shirts. Uh, we've also got, a, I think, a Free Talk Live bowling shirt. There's a flag, uh, which actually technically isn't a Free Talk Live branded piece. It's just something original that Johnson created, which is really cool. And people like it. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we're starting to get some responses in because Johnson sent out, uh, shipped the items, the pre-orders. Those of you who had pre-ordered, he shipped them yesterday and the day before. And I got an instant message from somebody today saying they'd already gotten theirs. Where's mine? And, yeah, we haven't even seen them yet. Our <sighs> listeners are getting them. So uh, they were very, very pleased with the quality of the items that uh, that we're talking about here. So head over to store.freetalklive.com and buy some Free Talk Live stuff. So then, the Liberty Dollar. Something we've discussed before here on, on the air, uh, something that uh, I happen to be a fan of. Uh, in case you aren't aware of what the Liberty Dollar is, uh, you can go to dollar.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. But in essence, it's real money in that it's uh, silver-backed currency. In some cases, it's actual silver. As opposed to, say, you open up your wallet, you look inside, there's greenbacks, those Federal Reserve notes, as they're called. Right. They aren't backed by anything. Now, they used to be way back in the day, and back in before, it was a, I think it was 1934. Um, they, they actually they stopped doing that crap. Yeah, they actually had silver backing, but they cut that out. Now they're backed by nothing, so that basically means they can just print and print the money, um, and we all suffer the effects of inflation as a result of that. So the Liberty Dollar is sort of a private alternative currency meant to compete with the federal uh, reserve notes in the same way that, for instance, FedEx and UPS are private uh, shipping alternatives that were originally meant to compete with the United States Postal Service. And so we've just sort of been following the progress of the Liberty Dollar over the years. I happen to be a Liberty Dollar associate, and uh, I have a number of them myself, and they're, they're fun to spend, and they've got certificates that are actually backed by silver in a warehouse, or you can purchase a one-ounce silver round or a half-an-ounce silver round at, you know, 10 or $20 values, and they're very cool things. Unfortunately, they've come under attack recently. As we explained, I think it was about two months ago at this point, the U.S. Mint came out with a press release that actually got some uh, national attention that essentially said that the Liberty Dollar is illegal, whereas the Liberty Dollar has been if around. If it was illegal, then they should have arrested some people, right? Right, and they haven't. So must not be illegal. No, it's not. They're just uh, They're just making a lot of noise for some reason. 
And I guess they're getting scared. The Liberty Dollar has been around since 1998, so, I mean, coming up here on eight years, it's been around, and they haven't done anything to this point. Right. In fact, there's quotes on the Liberty Dollar. That's not do- too illegal. They checked it out because sometimes the Liberty Dollar associates will go and spend a Liberty Dollar at a, at a certain store, right. and the business owner will be curious or skeptical, and he'll call the Secret Service, for instance, about counterfeiting, or he'll call... Uh, the U.S. Mint to, to verify that these indeed are legal, and they've they've got, had their endorsement in the past. So all of a sudden, the tune of the U.S. government has changed. Well, not the whole U.S. government. It's like the Mint and then other. The government. Mint and the Treasury, I believe, is the other the other office. But their tunes have changed all of a sudden, and they just they put out this press release, which essentially was nothing more than a hit piece against the Liberty Dollar a couple months ago, and we, we reported on that. Now. It turned out to be pretty good for the Liberty Dollar people because all this press got uh, you know national attention. It was spread all around the place and all around the country, and they got ten times the inquiries they normally did. As far as phone inquiries, people calling their, to- their toll-free lines? Yeah, how, so, how bad is that? Give me some more uh, so yeah, you know, press. Give you some more bad press, you think. Well, it, it hasn't stopped there. And this from the latest Liberty Dollar newsletter. Things are kind of getting complicated at this point, and it's pretty disturbing. From Bernard, uh, Bernard von Nothaus, the uh, the actual gentleman behind the Liberty Dollar, the creator, the monetary architect, I believe he calls himself. He says the Liberty Dollar is now under attack from our bank. On Monday, November 20th, the Evansville office, that's their home office, received a certified letter from our bank, which said, Please be advised that if you do not close your account within 15 days of the date of this letter, Old National Bank will exercise its right to close the account. Had we bounced checks? No, not a one. Were we a difficult customer? Mm, Definitely not. Had we done anything to warrant the bank to close our account? No. But obviously something upset the banking powers to be. The VP for Bank Security who ordered the letter told us they had investigated our business and said that the nature of our business was too risky for them? Of course, the bank's actions clearly the result of someone calling the bank and telling them to close our account. I mean, really, why would you want to turn down money yeah, that as a banker? Certainly sounds like somebody's putting the muscle on him. Right. Probably the same person. Now, this is speculation, of course, but probably the same person who told the U.S. Mint to issue their warning. The same person who told CBS lies or news to do their dirty work. The same person who urged the Washington Post to write their propaganda to kill the Liberty Dollar idea. The same morally corrupt person that might even be reading this newsletter. The Liberty Dollar's clearly under siege. Quite simply, without a bank account and merchant card services, it's all but impossible to do business in this day and age. We face the real possibility that the Liberty Dollar could die and put all the ideals that it stands for at risk. A very sobering thought, I dare say. And he goes on to say, uh, he goes on to say, does this alarm you uh, that you should maybe get in touch with them, uh, help back up the Liberty Dollar, call your local media organizations, etc. But there's more. Their executive director has resigned, and they just hired this guy not three months ago. Huh. He says, number two, it was with shock and disappointment that I must now inform you that Mike Johnson has resigned, telling me he was too concerned to be the executive director. So now I have to add courage to my list of requirements for an executive director. Of course, this experience cost us a lot of money as we invested in Mike with the idea that he would generate more volume, but that wasn't the case. In fact, we have very little for his two and a half months on the job. We wish well, Mike. Well, w- your first two and a half months aren't going to be the, your most productive two and a half months. Sure, but he collected his paycheck and then ran out the I, door. I know, but uh, at the same time, you know, that's not the. 
he invested in an employee awful, that he thought was going to work out. All of this is awfully coincidental. The bank decides like to close their account. The executive director resigns. And, number three, the bank action in Mike's departure is in all. Not threatening letters have been received via certified mail by all of the RCOs. Now, these are the regional currency offices. These are the people that sort of in different areas of the country receive large amounts of Liberty Dollars and sort of parcel them out to local associates. They're kind of the upper-level distributors, if you will. So they've gotten uh, certified letters from the chief counsel, Daniel P. Shaver, for the U.S. Mint. The Treasury letter rehashed the Mint's warning that it's illegal and informed all of us that the Department of Justice has determined that the uh, Liberty Dollar is illegal per Section 18 U.S.C. Section 46. Of course, that's grossly erroneous, as Section 46 only pertains to passing or uttering an item of gold or silver as a government coin, legal tender, or current money. The Liberty Dollar has never been passed or uttered as government money, and they should know that, hence the use of the propaganda machine to extinguish the Liberty Dollar. See, what they're saying is, the U.S. Mint is saying, this is illegal if you claim it's uh, a U.S. currency. But they've never claimed that. They're claiming it's an alternative to U.S. currency. You know, I I, I think that there's perhaps been um, times when uh, people have used it and claimed... You know something like, or made, or the people that uh, to you know that the currency was used on might have gotten the impression that it was, uh, you know, U.S. currency. Like for instance, if you were using um, one of the Liberty dollars, and I said to you, and you were a little less than uh, bold about your use of it, mm-hmm. I might say something like, "Is this real?" And then you'd say, "Yes, it's real." I might interpret that to mean it's U.S. Sure. currency. You might in, um, interpret it to mean it's matter. It has weight and takes up space. Right. Um, you know, and even that, even like saying that it's real isn't a violation. No. Um, if you say it's legal tender, if you say it's a coin, these are all terms that – these are terms for government money. Right. And you get specific instructions to not do that sort of thing when you become a Liberty Associate. Anyway, there's more, Mark. There's now a new phone number for the Liberty Dollar. Because for some reason, their vanity phone number has, uh, let's see, according to them, there's no shortage of problems. Even renting our vanity phone number became a problem. So they had to buy an entire new toll-free line. Good Lord. I mean, is this all just a coincidence? Or is somebody pulling some strings behind the scenes and threatening people? One might get that impression. Sending threatening letters to the, uh, the associates and the RCOs, essentially saying this is illegal, trying to scare them out of the business. Trying to scare them away from the Liberty Dollar? Of course, they know better, and hopefully they'll ignore it. Well, the people that uh, would become associates wouldn't be likely to be scared in that No, not likely, but they're trying anyway. And the really bad part about the fact that they can't actually use their old number is if you get a Liberty Dollar that was made before this year, then it's going to have that old number on it. And so that means only their website will be good. So people are going to be calling that old number, and it's going to make them look bad. Yeah. So they're really doing a they're really doing a job on the good people over the the Liberty Dollar. And it's really sad. More is on the way. Uh, again, you can learn more dollar.freetalklive.com. Toll free 800-259-9231. That's our number for you to call in and bring up whatever you want. Hour number two is coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 2, Wednesday edition. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. 
That's 1-800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away. And that, again, is freetalklive.com. So enjoy it. Mark, let's talk about a peace wreath. What is that? Well, it's just uh, this gal's way of showing her Christmas spirit, I guess. Oh, that's nice. From Denver, a home, um, the AP, the a homeowners association in southwestern Colorado has threatened to fine a resident $25 a day until she, until she removes a Christmas wreath with a peace sign that some say is an anti-Iraq war protest. What? Or a symbol of Satan. Whoa, 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 double what? <laughs> right? Huh? Couldn't they call it a a Mack truck symbol? Couldn't couldn't they call it a pumpkin pie if they wanted to? Where, where do the where do these allegations come from? Idiots. Some residents who have complained um, have children serving in Iraq, says Bob Kearns, president of the Loma Linda Homeowners <laughs> Association in Pagosa Springs. Well, apparently. Uh, you know, Loma Linda has some pretty um, some people with some uh, pretty uh, feo uh, cerebres. Um, he oh said, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, he said he had some uh, residents who also believed it was a symbol of Satan. Three or four residents complained. He said, "Somebody could put up Based signs on what? I, you know, when you make an allegation like this, you're never required to base it yeah. on anything." Based on the research that I've done into <laughs> satanic imagery, this peace symbol is clearly a symbol of Satan. I mean, we all know that Satan wants peace on earth. He doesn't have to even back up that allegation. Right. He doesn't have to even sound like an idiot. He can just say, idiots have told me that they believe yes. that this is a symbol of Satan. Mm -hmm. um, somebody wow. could put up signs that say, drop bombs in Iraq. If you let one go up, then you have to let them all go up, he said in a telephone interview on Sunday. I see. Okay, this woman... Has a wreath right. on her front door. Peace on Earth. That Isn't that part of the Christmas thing? I mean, like a peace symbol. She is not advocating dropping bombs on anyone. Right. No one has died in the hanging of this wreath, Bob. You jerk. All right. Oh, but apparently the uh, military members that are out there fighting for freedom, supposedly, uh, can't take a little bit of critique, even if it's even if this even was critique. critique. But even if it was critique. Oh, we can't possibly offend the it's, families of the military members. It, well, it's certainly within um, our purview to critique anyone we wish to critique. But this lady, um, uh, Lisa Jensen, claims to not be critiquing anyone right. in any way, shape, or form. So she shouldn't have to bear the onus of the critique. I mean, the military people could say awful things about us in return if we, um, you know, if we say if we critique them. She's not doing I, that. I don't this know. guy's just. Nuts. Maybe I'm not. I, I mean, I maybe I just don't know enough about Christianity. I, although I was a Christian for a long time, I recall from from my, the teachings that, that what I learned as a Christian that uh, the reason for Christmas is the birth of Jesus, and Jesus was supposedly the Prince of Peace, Peace, and Peace on Earth, Goodwill towards Men. Isn't that part of a Christmas song? Uh, of some sort, you know, the three Not the wise new, men tougher Christianity that we have now that Bush has been elected. Right, now. remember, Mark, Christmas is under attack here now in America That's these right. days. That's right, Christmas has to defend itself. This is crazy. It's nuts. You know, I get so sick of hearing this Christmas is under attack crap. Oh, we'll get more of it. It's just now, just the very beginning of the Christmas season. I listen season. to talk radio every day, and it's just so 
sickening. It's pandering. God, you people make me ill, and your Christmas is under attack. I mean, <gasps> look. They said happy holidays to me at the store today. Right. I'm offended by Merry Christmas. Stop saying it to me. If I hear somebody say Merry Christmas, I'm going to scream and jump up and down and pee my no, pants. No, you won't. No, I won't. But that's what kind of jerk. That's what kind of jerks these people are. Yeah, yeah I don't want to hear your merry Christmas stuff. You know, just for fun, um, just to, to my little jab is whenever I mention Christmas, I always just write Xmas. Right. Yeah. Just for just fun. Just to take the Christ out. Yeah, just to take it out. <laughs> I find it offensive. Lisa Jensen said she wasn't thinking um, of the war when she hung the wreath. She said, "Peace is way bigger than not being at war. It's a spiritual thing." I'd have Good to for agree her. With her. I'd have to agree with her. Now, what is the uh, now? I you said this was a neighborhood association, so it's not a government thing. It's neighborhood Nazis. But what's the violation here? Is it just that she's putting something out in front of her house, and they're not allowed to have anything out in front of your house, or are they making up a new rule just to spite this woman? Um, do you want me to skip to that portion of the? Uh, okay, continue. Article? If okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, go Jens- on the path Jensen, you were Lisa Jensen is a past president. Okay. Of the, um, she calculates the fines will cost her about $1,000 and doubts that we'll be able to make her pay. But she said she's not going to take it down until after Christmas. Wow. So she says it'll probably cost $1,000. I'm not paying. I don't think they can make me pay. They could put a lien on her house. Mm-hmm. Now that it, um, now it has come time, now it has come to this, I can't, um, this, I feel I can't be bullied, she says. Mm. What if they don't like my Santa Claus? Yeah, I don't think it's really they so much. If you rearrange the, the, the letters in Santa, you get Satan. I guess do you? you do. Yeah, that's satanic yeah. too. I can't even spell it. I could care care less about that. Okay, guy. that's even Satan's even sillier than Jesus. Santa, you mean, or Satan? Um, <laughs> Santa, everybody knows is fake. Yeah. Um, the association of this 200 home subdivision, 270 miles southwest of Denver, just in case you wondered. Um, is set uh, has sent a letter to her saying that residents were offended by the sign and the board will not allow signs, flags, etc. that can be considered divisive. So would the American flag be considered divisive? Only if somebody felt offended by it or thought I it was see. a sa- satanic symbol. Hmm, considering that this guy is allowing people to be offended by a peace symbol, suggesting that, well, the families of the Iraq soldiers are offended, would he actually even listen? Like, if I was living in that neighborhood and I said, hey, uh, uh, Joe down the street's got an American flag out front of his house, and I feel offended by that, wouldn't you think that this guy would just laugh at you for saying something like that? I would think so, Um but I suspect Jensen's a past president of this homeowners association. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Kearns, Kearns is a current president. Yeah. I just wonder if they're. I mean, you know, there's there's nothing here to say that Lisa Jensen's a good gal that wouldn't use her um, presidency of the homeowners sure, she association. She might have uh, to, wielded power against them to 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 ream a few uh, uh, holes in uh, Mr. Mr. Kearns here. It's possible. Could be payback. It could very well be. That's what my supposition is on this whole story, hmm. but none of that's mentioned, and uh, it's so, so I just petty. Have to... All of it is so petty. I mean, even if it really is payback, I'll show that Lisa. I'm gonna get her for that wreath. I mean, really? Come on, people. Can't you just get a life, please? You know, I don't know how I would feel if somebody came after me and um, they, you know, they they were a real jerk to me um, at the homeowners association, and and then the power slips, um, you know, the mantle yeah. of power slips on, upon my shoulders. Yeah, you might have a few problems messing oh around gosh. with the old Edgemeister. <laughs> King Edge. 
The, sub, the subdivisions rules say no signs, billboards, or advertising are permitted without the consent of the Architectural Control Committee. Now, this is the very best part of the whole article. I okay. Last, last, last paragraph. Kearns ordered the, ordered the committee to require Jensen to remove the wreath, but members refused after concluding that it was merely a seasonal symbol and that it did not say anything. Kearns oh. fired all five committee members. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't do my bidding. You're done. <laughs> he's out of here. So this... Uh, Get some more flunkies in there. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's drunk with power. Wow. <laughs> he's he's going to make that woman pay for... You know, making him clean who up after possi- his dog or whatever who, it was. Who could possibly agree with this? I mean, we're speculating. We're speculating on what happened in the past. Yeah, I, what I, we have I, to go on. Spec- what we have to go on is what's happening right. now. For He's, all we know, that this. For all we know, when she was in charge, she was very symbol, nice. Her, her peace symbol is being removed based on the fact that it is either an anti-war protest or a symbol of Satan. Um, absurd. It is absurd. It's it's absolutely absurd. And I I don't know what to do with Mr. Kearns, but I think it's pretty funny. Is that a, is that an anti-war protest seeing a peace symbol? No. Well, it it might be an anti-war protest. It is not an anti-Iraq war. war protest. True. Um, that just happens to be the war du jour. It's the war of the moment. Right. And and if <laughs> if you're offended by a peace sign, you need counseling. You know what? There's a problem with uh, Americans today is they're so easily offended. It's almost like Americans go around looking for ways to be offended. Did you ever notice that? 800-259-9231. We just have a country full of a bunch of babies, and they don't have anything close to thick skin. Please, get a life and find a hobby. Leave your neighbor's front door alone. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the archives right there. Front page of the site. Easily downloadable. An entire year's worth of Free Talk Live. As a matter of fact, those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you five, six, seven bucks a month. And you got to jump through hoops, get signed up, give them your credit card number. We don't do that stuff. We just give it away. It's free. Freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's first 1,000 pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom? Or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the first 1,000 pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. You know, I was telling you uh, at one point, Mark, that we have, or I have this Technorati search that uh-huh. sort of pops up. I think you've got the same search now. I do. It pops up whenever somebody mentions Free Talk Live on their blog. Yeah, I just and don't, I don't generally go to that page, so I don't often see it. There's a, there's a young gentleman, uh, I believe he's uh, 23, posted on his MySpace blog that he has joined the Free State Project after six months of considering it. He has finally joined, and I believe he also said he signed the first 1,000 pledge, which uh, is, is excellent. That is very good. So I left him a little positive comment saying, uh, congratulations, and uh, see you in New Hampshire. So uh, let's encourage him to move to Keene. Uh, yeah, he was actually talking about Varen Swearingen, who is the president of the Free State Project. He I know. Posed, I had uh, Thanksgiving dinner with him. Yes, you did. I, I know you know that. I'm talking to everyone else listening. Anyway, Varen's the president, and he happens to live in Keene. So just another reason. Uh, the president of the Free State Project picked Keene. Maybe you should, too. All right, so Walter Williams, writing over at townhall.com, Unlike today's Americans, the founders of our nation were suspicious, if not contemptuous, of government. Consider just a few of their words. 
James Madison suggested that, quote, all men having power ought to be distrusted to a certain degree. Thomas Paine observed, quote, so we still find the greedy hand of government thrusting itself into every corner and crevice of industry and grasping at the spoil of the multitude. It watches prosperity as it prays and permits none to escape without a tribute. That's a pretty great quote, I and mean, it really reflects, uh, and he wrote this, what, back in the early 1800s or something? Isn't that when Thomas Paine was out and about? Well, they, they, you know, government hasn't changed. It's it's still, it's the same thing over right, and but over it's again. Amazing it's that, but it's amazing that back then they thought it was thrusting itself into every corner and crevice of industry. I mean, even, imagine if they could see it now <laughs> and how its regulations have gotten into everyone's business and its silly rules and laws. John Adams reminded, quote, you have rights antecedent to all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws, rights derived from the great legislator of the universe. I was on the law enforcement forums today, and one of the cops there said, asserted, that you have a right to protection. And I said, oh, really? Uh, maybe, are, are you a liberal? Because a lot of these guys are of the conservative mindset, and... Right. Uh, they would never, ever consider themselves a liberal. But I, I tried to make the point, I don't know how well it went over with him, but I'm sure a few people reading got it. I tried to make the point that what you're talking about, this idea that you have a right to protection services, is collectivist thinking. The suggestion is that you have a right, if you have a right to protection services, it means you have the right to somebody else's labor. In this case, the protectors. And that doesn't differ at all from what you're standard liberal line is of, well, you have a right to health care, or you have a right to education. Right. The only thing that is different about those claims is the labor that you have a right to. Mm. The person uh, who is laboring, whom you have a right to their labor. And uh, you know what? What's the difference there? You Republicans, Democrats, they all believe that government uh, should... Uh, should take from somebody else and give to another. It's just they just minorly differ in who they're taking from and who they're giving to. Well, government sort of offers protection. That's what government is offering. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what gangs offer, too, protection. Um, well, governments offer health care and education, too. Well, those are, pr those are protections against the ravages of, uh, you know, the wilds, the ravages of, uh, you know, life Ravages of ignorance. Essentially, you know, those are, those are um, other things, but it's protection. You know, it's it's protecting you against living poorly and you know being poor in the futures, having an education. So that's where they managed to get off doing this, and that's it's the siren song of government. Um, those of us who believe in small government, we're treading the line of saying, well, government's supposed to just offer the minimum amount of protection, keep people from invading my borders. Mm -hmm. I'll have a local government for you know keeping the criminals from running amok in the streets, and that's what I want it for. Since we're well, talking, since you've opened the door, the lion can come in, and you know he's just going to begin devouring whatever he's going to begin to devour. So you've got to keep him on a very tight leash. Since we're talking about uh, founding fathers, let's go to the phones and talk to Eric in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Eric. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? Good. Hey, Eric. What's on your mind? Um, I actually wanted to ask, actually, how much uh, I just said actually twice. Um, <laughs> how much do you guys know about Alexander Hamilton? 
I don't know a whole lot, except that he was what they called a Federalist, even though he was actually an anti-Federalist, but they kind of got that all switched around back then. Anyway, he was the big government guy. Of the Founding Fathers, he was the centralized authority dude. He was the one for bigger government, uh, more centralization, that sort of concept. He, he advocated dating older women and was shot and killed by Aaron Burr. Yep, basically. And he was an illegitimate child, too. He that, was what? That's news to me. Uh, he was what? Yep. A, an yep. illegitimate child. An illegitimate child and not an American citizen, not born an American citizen. Nope, he was born on uh, Nevis in the Caribbean, I think. The, what What in the Caribbean? Nevis. Uh, an island called Nevis. Hmm, never even heard of Nevis. Yeah, it was actually, um, interestingly enough, a place where oh, I doubt the it. British sent the people that they didn't want, basically. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like a little Australia. Huh. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's what they did. That's what they did in Australia. They sent all the criminals. Down I thought there. that's what they did with, in the, the the Bahamas anyway. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> so that's all you're just curious as to what we knew about him. Um, well, I thought that it was kind of interesting and might be worth bringing up since you guys were talking about the founding fathers. Yeah. That um, Alexander Hamilton, yes, he was a proponent of big government and he kind of advocated this idea of like rule by the elite and you know the upper class, not mm-hmm. the upper class, but like the educated and wealthy. So he's not quite what you'd call the libertarian type of guy. Not no, at all. No, he's not. No, I don't think anybody here on this show has ever claimed that he was a libertarian. I don't think that we could claim that all the founding fathers were libertarians. Right. It not was just sort of the not general... Not too many Hamiltonian libertarians running around. No, it's just that was uh, just sort of uh, the libertarian uh, or li- uh, liberty sort of a mindset was pervasive uh, at that time, but not amongst everyone. So yeah. thank you for the call. We appreciate oh, hearing from you, Eric. He's got a point. Oh, oh he's actually, got something else? You still there? Well, okay. Um, yeah. Um, the thing about Hamilton is that, interestingly enough, his idea of America as the future was um, big cities, powerful standing army, huge amounts of foreign power, and then an economic powerhouse, too. Uh, it's interesting when you contrast him to someone like Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Jefferson was way more pro-liberty. I mean, he hated big government. Yes. But at the same time, Jefferson's idea was that we wouldn't be a big foreign power, that we wouldn't have a powerhouse economy and that America would actually be an agrarian society with very small cities, and that we would use our control of the food source and basically use that to you know, hold that over the rest of the world to keep our uh, foreign power. So I think you can have both kind of, of those. Yeah, you can have a really strong economy and have freedom. Uh, you know, hey, that's their yeah. predictions, and predictions are worth a hill of beans. But yeah. thank but you I for sharing. It's kind of interesting how, uh, despite the fact that he was more anti-liberty, he ended up having kind of more of the influence on the way America went economically. It's true. Sure, he wanted a big government. Once you get in government, the uh, the only thing to do is to Make grow it, it bigger. That's true. Eric, thanks, man. We appreciate it. 800 Maybe we should rename the country to Hamiltonia. I'll make a prediction. Government's going to grow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Take, take some bets on that one, mm-hmm. huh? We're coming back with more. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free number. You take control of the airwaves. The Packet A toll-free line, in fact... 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Over 850 unique pages created by listeners like you, wiki.freetalklive.com. So get over there and uh, check it out. And maybe even edit it. 
uh, edit it if you would like. Walter Williams talking about why we love government. Talking actually to start about why our founding fathers, or a number of them, with the exception of Alexander Hamilton and his crew, were very distrustful of government. Thomas Jefferson, in fact, gave us several warnings that we've since ignored. First, quote, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. That's the truth. Liberty is going to yield and government is going to gain ground because it's going to be done slowly. And people are going to give up their liberties slowly. And they imagine that they're going to give them up temporarily. Oh, this income tax is only so that we can manage to get through the Great War, World War One, here, and then we'll get rid of it. And they don't. Second, quote, the greatest calamity which could befall us would be submission to a government of unlimited powers. And third, whensoever the general government assumes undelegated powers, its acts are unauthoritative, void, and of no force. In response to what Jefferson... Oh, they've got plenty of force. In response to what Jefferson called an elective despotism, he suggested that, quote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. With sentiments like these, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison became presidents. Could a person with similar sentiments win the presidency today? My guess is no, says Walter Williams. Today's Americans hold such liberty-oriented values in contempt, and any presidential aspirant holding them would have a zero chance of winning office. After all, look at the results for the Libertarian Party. Today's Americans hold a different vision of government. It is one that says Congress has the right to do just about anything upon which it can secure a majority vote. Most of what Congress does fits the description of forcing one American to serve the purposes of another American. That description only differs in degree, but not in kind, from slavery. At least two-thirds of the federal budget represents forcing one American to serve the purposes of another. Younger workers are forced to pay for the prescriptions of older Americans. People who are not farmers are forced to serve those who are. Non-poor people are forced to serve poor people, and the general public is forced to serve corporations, college students, and other special interests who have the ear of Congress. The supreme tragedy that will lead to our undoing is that so far as personal economic interests or self-interest are concerned, it's perfectly rational for every American to seek to live at the expense of another American. Why? Well, not doing so will mean that he'll pay lower federal taxes. All, uh, excuse me, not doing so doesn't mean that he'll pay lower federal taxes. All it means is there'll be more money for somebody else. So everybody's pushing for uh, being able to get a, a space at the trough. Yeah, kind well, of. who wouldn't? There's all this free stuff out there. This is what they've created. This is the system That's what they want. Right. They want you to push for a space at the trough because once they give you a little taste of what's going on in the muck bucket, yep. then, well... You'll do anything they say. And you're going to fight to get your space at the trough as well against others. And they're turning everyone against one another, interest groups against interest groups. And all the while, the government continues to gain power. In other words, once Congress establishes that one person may live at the expense of another, it pays for everyone to try to do so. Sure. You say, Williams, don't you believe in helping your fellow man? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I believe that reaching into one's own pockets to help his fellow man is both laudable and praiseworthy. You know, I was I was listening to today on uh, I think it was the Rush Limbaugh show, and they were at they were saying that there's two things that uh, basically make somebody generous in the United States. Now, the United States is the most generous nation on the planet, mm-hmm. but they sort of tested and found out who's the most generous, and there's these two uh, attributes. Okay. One is you are a religious person. Mm. Religious people that uh, go to church and that kind of thing 
Um, I don't pass that one. No, much more generous than um, I wouldn't call myself as generous as many people I've met. I I try to give, but I just don't have the opportunity to give that often, and I don't trust the people that uh, ask me for money in in a lot of cases. Um, But, uh, you know, the people that go to church, a lot more generous than people that don't. Got it. Um, Secondly, the um, people that believe in – all Americans believe in spreading money around, but people that don't believe that the government should be spreading the money around – more generous. Far, far more generous than people, you know, commies. So, so you're saying that the people... Free, market, free marketeers, um, you know, people that believe in the free market and uh, the freedom... They uh, prove that they really are generous yes, individuals. absolutely. Um, and they, they, they prove the, uh, the assertion that we've made plenty of times on Free Talk Live, that is, if you would just give people their money, allow them to keep the money that they earn, that they would be more generous and that they would give more because they'd have more to give. And so these are people who prove that by sh- by showing, yeah, look at me, I I do this and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm doing it even though you're taking my money. Anyway, I don't think most of them show it. Um those the same sort no, of No, they don't brag about it. Yeah, it no. wouldn't be the bragging. About it. Uh reaching yes. into another's pockets to help his fellow man is despicable and worthy of condemnation. The bottom line, says Williams, we love government because it enables us to accomplish things that if done privately would lead to arrest and imprisonment. For example, if I saw a person in need and I took your money to help him, I'd be arrested and convicted of theft. And you should be. Mm -hmm. If I get Congress to do the same thing, I'm seen as compassionate. My vision ought, this vision ought to bother the Christians among us, for when God gave Moses the commandment, thou shalt not steal, I'm sure he didn't mean thou shalt not steal unless you've got a majority vote in Congress. Well said, Walter Williams at Mm. Town Hall. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. He's you know, sure got some good articles. He does. And what's interesting is, I, I keep talking, I keep going back to the law enforcement forums. It's essentially been my week this week. Yeah. spending a lot of time there. Been, what's been interesting, spending a lot of time there, hanging out with the, uh, the law enforcers. Well, what's interesting is that the, the police love to talk about how, well, they're just enforcing the law, and if you don't like the law, you should take it up with your representatives. And the suggesting that it's my fault that the laws are the way they are. <laughs> right. Ridiculous. And As that though I should one just... man could do something about it, and right. if one man can't do something about it, shut up and As... do what you're told. As though I should just, yeah, follow the laws until something changes or until I can get them changed, which obviously I won't do. I'll do what is whatever's right for me. Yep. But and until then, our uh, you know our totalitarian regime that we have in place. Do not rock the boat. But the interesting thing about these people and their mindset is that they don't like politicians. I made a comment about how politicians aren't even humans, and one of them laughed about it. They thought that was funny. They don't like politicians, but yet they're their masters, essentially. They'll follow. They if the politicians say jump through the hoop, they'll jump through the hoop. Yeah, they're very duty bound in that respect. Right. Um, you know, they, they it's just, just such they have a uh, a love for duty. Right. It's very mechanical. And, and, and you, you hate the people that are giving you these orders, but yet you follow them without I mean, virtually without question. Yes, there are some exceptions. Yes, some of them make their own decisions. But for the most part, but that's that's the understanding. And that's what they, um, you know, right. a great many of them seem to do. And if you suggest changing the system, then, oh, my gosh, then it's like threat. You're threatening their livelihoods. And it's just amazing to me how you can hate the people that set the rules for you. 
why, if you hate these people so much, why won't you take up, uh, you know, some sort of an active stand against them? Yeah, why would you work for them willingly? If I hated my boss... I'd be gone. I understand. And, and I understand where some of them are coming from. For instance, you've got administrators that are in uh, the policing profession who are going to retaliate against you if you come out against a certain set of laws. So there are some of them who might actually agree with us are afraid to come out in, in person about it or to come out publicly about it for fear of retaliation, for fear of possibly losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. And all of this has to do with politics. All of this has to do with the way the system is run. And the more I think about it, Mark, the... The more I I come to understand the mindset of these people, the less I really believe the system can be reformed. I don't know. There might still be a possibility it could be done. But these guys are so unwilling to take a stand for whatever their personal belief system is, I really just feel like it'd be more effective to just simply start up competing protection agencies and, and just compete with them, essentially just to compete them out of the marketplace. Eventually, which is essentially a, a theory called agorism, which I've stumbled upon recently. I find very interesting. I'll tell you a little bit more about it coming up here. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Your show, you take control. It is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away, though we do ask that you vote for Free Talk Live in return. Now, Mark, where are we currently at on the uh, the podcast charts? Uh, I don't know. Don't catch me flat-footed or anything, Last time I looked, I think we were at number three, and that's thanks to all of you who have gone and voted at vote.freetalklive.com. Three's good. We could be number one with your help if you head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Even in these remaining days, it's just a once-a-month sort of a thing. It's less than 100 votes away, I would imagine. Um, I'm still uh, checking out the, the exact numbers, but it's only two days left. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off. It's, it's no, a we're close not. one. We're not going to end the month at number one as much as I'd really like Probably to. Probably not. I don't Some, see how. One of these days, we might just beat those Harry Potter podcasts, but anyway. Uh, we yeah, beat everybody else. We're 80 votes away. Are we still number three, though? Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. So we beat away from uh, number two. We beat everybody else except for the Harry Potter guys. And they're really close. They are neck and neck, those two. All right. Well, anyway, uh, vote.freetalklive.com. It's not too late. So, uh, let's see. Let's move on here. Oh, I mentioned agorism. I finally discovered something that I thought was a pretty interesting vision for how liberty can advance in America. Now, as you know, Mark, I consider myself a free marketeer. Somebody who believes that the the marketplace can provide all of the so-called services that government provides just on a voluntary basis. Yes. And and you've made up a little word to go with it. That's very nice. Free marketeer, you mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's better than anarcho-capitalist. It it's, is a uh, lot better than that. I, it, I have to give you credit on that. It, it, it makes more sense. It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a little funny, yes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I discovered something uh, called agorism recently. It's now, now, agorism is, I'm not sure if I'm totally on board with it, but I like their vision. Essentially, it's a group of free marketeer, uh, they call themselves left libertarians. I don't know why they've adopted that label for themselves. It just seems to be totally uh, pigeonholing them. But basically, the concept is uh, agora, or ag- agora, which is a Greek word meaning open marketplace. That's okay. the etymology of agoraphobic or whatever is, is afraid of open, open places. areas, yeah. right. Um, essentially, they believe that uh, the way towards liberty isn't through politics. 
And we've seen there's there's sort of two mindsets, at least here in the free state here in New Hampshire. There's kind of the political guys, and then there's the anti-political guys. And then there's people like me that are sort of torn. You know, I, I sort of feel like, well, you know, maybe politics could still, there could still be a chance that we could turn this around through politics. But I really like the methods and the uh, the ways of civil disobedience of the non-political guys. I so, like them, too. I just don't intend to really get involved in them. I sort of feel like, I still feel like at this point, uh, a combination of the two is going to be what makes it work. I don't see how you're not going to make it work without um, electing people. I can understand why people don't want to be involved in the elections and all that other good stuff. But, uh, hey, I'm going to support you in your little protests and that kind of thing. Get out there and vote for me, would you? I understand, um, but what I was going, where I was going with this was, if you look at the nonviolent civil disobedience crew and you ask them, well, how's this all going to change? There's not really a, an answer. There's just a, well, we're going to show the government, we're going to show the government for what it is. It's a violent group of individuals, and uh, we're going to show them, show that to the public by being disobedient and having them enact their violence on us. I mean, that's kind of like the, you know, the Gandhi method, basically. Yeah. And I don't know if that's really going to result in dramatic changes. I don't think that showing how the government is evil is going to result in the government going away. I don't think it's going to result in, at least in today's America, a dramatic outpouring of popular support to make the government go away, especially when there's nothing alternative to change, uh, to switch over to. I mean, if there was a dramatic outpouring of support saying, we've had enough of this government, but... We're not really sure what else to do. I mean, really, that's kind of where I've been stuck at for the longest time, because I totally understand libertarian, uh, libertarianism, and I understand where it logically leads to, but getting to the point of liberty in America, again, is a tricky proposition. Now, even if you could get a bunch of political people elected, they can only shave government back so far. And I've said, well, once we get government cut back down, way, way, way back down to size, then we can talk about how to possibly cut it down further. And maybe get to a point of having a true free market, which is something I'd like to see personally. But getting there has been tricky in my mind. And so the agorists have come up with an interesting concept, and that is counter-economics. Their suggestion is that counter-economists, people who uh, take part in counter-economics, are people who are out operating outside of the standard economy, in, la, in that uh, black marketeers, um, people operating in the gray market, that sort of thing, people providing underground services, like, you know, the plumber that's not really a licensed plumber, that guy, he's a counter-economist. Um, people that are not playing the legit game. And there are millions of Americans operating in, in these fashions. Well... That's a strange word, a counter-economist. I mean, an economist is a person who sort of discusses financial markets and gives the overall picture and talks about all things financial. A counter-economist works in the black market. It doesn't seem to be like the opposite. You know, it doesn't seem to be the counter. I don't know. It's just the term they came up with it, uh, okay. up with for it, so that's the best term I know. Okay, I don't like it. Go ahead. Okay, well, you come up with something different, and we'll talk about that, okay? Great. So anyway, um, the black idea... Marketeer. Mm, well, I, but not everybody in the is. Are you in the black market if you're operating a uh, an underground plumbing business? Is Gray market here. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um. Anyway. So the idea is for essentially for these concepts to continue spreading, these libertarian, liberty oriented concepts to continue spreading, and eventually that somebody will um, start up a competing entity to the government. 
And one of our guys, Dave, um, I, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should even mention this. Um, somebody has come up with the idea uh, to come up with to start essentially a private protection service, a service that would essentially come to your aid should your liberty be threatened by an agency like the government. And this private service would, uh, for instance, bring activists to a trial. I mean, all the things that the libertarians in New Hampshire are supposed to do anyways, you would just have a contract with with these people that would guarantee you these services. And I think it's a brilliant idea. And, of course, the idea is eventually for the agorist concept is for these private services to really just come right out and compete with the government services of the same ilk, show people that they are better, and that they could actually protect them from the government. You better shave the government down before you start competing with it, because it is a big, it's gonna sh- powerful it's crush you. entity right. to compete with today. Oh, yeah, it's going to crush you. If you if you were to start something like this today... I mean, look what's happening with the, uh, the, uh, the Liberty Dollar people. Right. I mean, they're actually they're competing with the government within their own laws. What they're doing is legal, mm-hmm. and the government doesn't care. The Mint is trying to shut them down because right. they don't like the competition. They're calling what they're doing illegal, and they're lying about it. So I wouldn't compete against the government outside oh, I agree. of the law. No, I agree. And that's why these ideas need to spread uh, further before these can, this can really take hold. But this is just more of a vision, Mark, for how these uh, services that are so entrenched, like government police, could possibly be replaced someday. Down the line. I'm not talking about next year. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about down the line. You know, as this private organization steps up and starts providing security services for people... Maybe like a neighborhood, for instance, a private neighborhood. We have these things today. There's private neighborhoods where uh, there's private security forces. Just take that concept and expand it out. And and the government, of course, is going to label them terrorist organizations. Yes, they will, which is why you need popular support to some extent. Mm -hmm. But but yes, if you cut government down... Didn't really do... um, Not Giuliani. What's the... Gotti. Didn't really do Gotti much... um, luck much good he uh he had pretty popular support in the neighborhoods in new york where he's yeah. from they still uh took the old well there's big government there's big government there in new the, york yeah um, so if we can really cut the government down to size this is why i think the, po- the political people are very important here but once we get it cut way down and we can actually start competing agencies then people will realize hey you know the, those competing guys are actually protecting us from government intrusion upon our rights that's pretty valuable service. And so they'll start getting more and more popular, getting more and more clients, and eventually we'll be able to just simply shut the government down for the fact that everyone's, everyone wants to buy their services somewhere else. I just thought it was an interesting, it's interesting. vision of I, how we might be able to replace some of these old uh, government services that really just aren't so great, but everybody seems to grasp onto um, because they don't know anything else. They haven't thought of any other ways to get over them or, or put them aside and, and move, move out to some other place. Well, if you set it um, as a, uh, a way to uh, transition from a small government to a no government, I'm certainly willing to look at that. I still feel like they're, um, the, the best way to do it is to uh, uh, more or less make it legal to compete with the government, and then people well, precisely. will. Uh, no, I agree. And that, that way, it, it, when, when, if we were to, for instance, get to this point where it was legal to do these things, your message to the existing government agencies would simply be, hey, you know, hey, it's competition. You guys are still welcome to, to play here. Just your services are so wonderful. The police think everybody thinks they're so great. If your services are so in demand, then people will have no problem whatsoever voluntarily paying for them. 
800-259-9231. San Diego's looking to ban Walmart super centers. We'll get into that coming up. Hour three's on the way. It's your show, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, kicking off Hour 3, you take control of the airwaves, Wednesday edition, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231, that is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy them for free at freetalklive.com. I said we were going to talk about Walmart, and we will, and how San Diego is banning Walmart supercenters from their city. But first, I encountered something else about smoking. Oh, no. And the next step, which we predicted here on Free Talk Live. Did I predict it or did you predict it? I don't know. It, we'll talk about that here in a bit, but it's bad Free news. Free Talk Live, they get credit. It's bad <laughs> news. It's a negative prediction. Um, but first, we got to go to the phones, to the fun ladies first. Tiny in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Tiny. Hi, how are you? Hi, great. What's on your mind? I'm calling because I wanted to talk about the Michael Richards story. Michael Richards, uh, com- a comedian who uh, just went out of control the other, I guess, last week on stage and uh, essentially just spouted off all sorts of racial uh, insults at uh, at some black men in his audience. Yeah, but they also shouted out some racial words to him, too. Why don't we talk about that? Well, that's because they were responding to his uh, his initiation. That's not true. I mean, from what I'm seeing and from looking at the t- um, looking on the Internet, you know, he, he evidently something they had to said something to make somebody that mad to 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 ruin a career or something like that. Well, they were heckling. They, him. they were heckling him. It happens at comedy shows, and the problem is yeah, Michael Richards isn't a stand-up is comedian, so he doesn't know how to handle it, and he lost it control. Matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, if I go to the grocery store and I'm having a bad day, and somebody says something bad to me, just being human, not being black, white purple, green, or whatever, just because I'm human, I may say something to them, and they may say words back also. But, I mean, it happens in everyday life. But we don't, you don't see us trying to sue or, get, or take money from those people. I mean, the whole thing is, is that I'm getting at is that it's, 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 it's all about just loving each other, no matter what we say or what we do or how we feel. Well, I don't it's know if you can love forgiveness. Now, I'm all for forgiveness and loving one another and everything, but I don't know if... Uh, you're going to feel very loving once you've been attacked for the color of your skin. I mean, it's one of the most ignorant uh, insults that you could possibly throw at somebody. Well, I, I'm of I'm of her opinion, and they should be um, they should be uh, compensated in any way they were harmed. Meaning that uh, they should get their the thing is at the most they, the ticket they, money back. The whole thing is is that it's all it's all just bull. I mean, the whole thing is that it was a show, like you said. Mm-hmm. Both of them said they, they exchanged words equally. They mm-hmm. both equally should should share. In the, if, if it's not about the money and it's about the racial slurs that were made, let them let them donate that money to the Katrina's victims. Wait a minute. Is there because a settlement those here? Those people have, 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 have actually been victimized. You know Wait, hold saying? on a second, Tiny. I don't think there's even a settlement. There's no case here. Nobody's well, getting money. They're oh, they're going to be suing, though. They're suing? If yeah, they, of course they're going to sue. Well, that's pretty lame on their part. They shouldn't be suing on that. You can't sue somebody yeah. for offending you. That's what I'm saying. That's I what mean, she's saying. Words. Okay, well, then I agree, with, I agree with you there. I just thought that you were sort of standing up for his right to, you know, essentially just talk about somebody's skin color. No, no, no. I mean, color. I'm an African-American woman. I'm, I'm African-American and I'm Jewish. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, how'd the thing is, I've had plenty of things said to me. <laughs> Wait a Seriously. second. What, what, I mean, how'd I'm that happen? I'm African-American and I'm Jewish. My mom's Jewish and my dad's African-American. There you go. There you go. 
You know what I'm saying? Do you have so the Jewish know, name? Did you go to synagogue and, and like get uh, a, a bat mitzvah? Did you get the like the second name and stuff? No, I didn't. Okay, I just wanted. It's a big long story, but so anyway. you're just you're Jewish by birth, not uh, Jewish by religion. Yeah. Correct. I mean, the whole thing is, is that I'm just I'm just a person. It doesn't matter what right. color I am. I'm still just a person, and I have I get angry too. Everybody gets angry sometimes, and we all say things that we don't mean. I you agree know what with I'm saying? that. An apology is an apology. The whole thing is, is is. And it should have ended there. Tupac, they when, when Tupac was saying, nigga, everybody was happy with it because N-I-G-G-A, oh, n- um, never ignorant, getting goals accomplished. That's what we're all screaming out. But then when somebody white says it, then it's, oh, he's he's slandering me. Is that I'm what like, it stands on, for? Now, I never heard be, that before. Be, that's not what it stands for. I've never for. heard that before. <laughs> but that's that's yeah, like a colloquial thing afterwards. N- nigga, N-I-G-G-A. Right. Got it. Got it. Never ignorant. Getting goals accomplished. Well, you know what? I agree with you, Tiny, in that it's, they are just words, though. They are very certain. They're certainly offensive words. They're words that I won't use, and I certainly would never do something like that. Um, ha- however, well, I do agree with you. Take any word, we could take any word that we wanted to and turn it into a racial slur if we wanted to. You could, but it takes say, time. You know it it takes time. Word. I mean, that word has been turned into what That's it is over boy. decades. It is, it's not just something but you could just do tomorrow. Over. None, of us are, none, of, none of us are being hanged from trees. None of us are being whipped with Thank whip goodness. or anything like that. So I mean, why are we even going back that far? I'm like, my ancestors were way back there. They, they, we already fought through all of that stuff, and it's time to move on. I, I totally agree with you. Move on, and I, I agree that Michael Richards should have just, uh, he should have apologized. They should have gotten their money back from the club that night, and sh- that should have been the end of it. Bringing a lawsuit Correct. is absolutely ludicrous, and I didn't even realize that was happening. Tiny, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You learn something new every night here. Well, I don't know if there's any specifics on them bringing a lawsuit, but I would not doubt I you for said a moment. They were. That's I've heard some you know inklings of this. Oh, okay. Of course they are. Of course they are. Let's go to the phones. Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Dave. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I'm calling you from the uh, the anti crime rally in uh, Manchester. Oh yeah, that's right. I heard that there was uh, what is it? The, the concerned citizens uh, getting together to form a weed and seed group, whatever that means. What's that all about? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know all the details. I was outside. We sort of did a demonstration outside in favor of you know personal action against crime, you know, as opposed to criminal, as opposed to police action. Mm-hmm. We had some signs that said, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 fight crime, shoot back. <laughs> and we and we open carried our pistols. Uh, we have four Ooh. of us, and we all had pistols. How was that received? Pretty well, actually. Uh, strangely enough, um, the uh, I went in and checked in with the police first because it's happening. The event happened inside a police facility, the mm-hmm. police athletic league, and um, so I let them know we were going to be open carrying. And uh, then they came out and started down the path of seeming to give us a little grief. But as mm-hmm. soon as it got above the sergeant level, they were cool. A sergeant came over. As soon as it got to the sergeant level, they were cool. And, and, well, that's um, good. Yeah, so they just said that they really appreciated us being out there. You know, we just had our, our you know, fight crime shoot back signs, and we had the New Hampshire flags and, and rattlesnake flags. What disturbed me, though, about this event, I saw the news article that was sort of promoting it. I guess it was in the Union Leader up here in New Hampshire. And it disturbed me, of course, they were sort of painting this uh, sort of alarmist picture. The very first paragraph of the article was, prostitution, drugs, violence, and, you know, we've got to do something in Manchester about these problems. And, of course, nobody at this rally, with the exception of you guys, and I'm glad you showed up for it, if you guys hadn't have been there, there probably would have been nobody who who might have made the suggestion that, hey, wait a minute, maybe if we get rid of the war on drugs, we'd have less crime. 
Well, you know, that wasn't the message that we, we were there to deliver specifically, uh, although, you know, if anyone had asked us, we sure would have said that. But mm-hmm. mainly, it's just the idea that we as individuals need to do something. Don't just don't just call the police, and maybe it's not even always right to call the police. You know? So how do, uh, how are you received beyond the police? How are you received by the, the people who are going to attend the rally that didn't know you were going to be there? Looks like pretty well. I guess one of the one of the crime watch organizers came. Was that who that was? The crime watch guy came over and talked to us. Um, uh, and he's the one of the ones who's organizing the crime watch in the neighborhood that's affected by these problems. And he was thrilled. You know, he was like, "Hey, uh, can we go shooting shooting together?" And sure. Stuff like that. So I that think that's a, a great time. idea. I think yeah, that's a great idea. I hope somebody takes him up on that. That way, you can go that you know go shooting with him and sort of pick his brain and maybe give him some suggestions uh, on a more pro liberty approach uh, to fighting crime. Yeah, and, and uh, you know the the, neat, the neatest thing though was just the, the police reaction, especially once we got you know once the sergeant got involved, he came over and he goes, "Hey, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, there's a city ordinance that says you kind of have to keep moving when you're doing a protest, and we're kind of reluctantly telling you that." You know? Right. <laughs> but they were just thrilled that we were there, you know. And 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 it's you know I, sure we have some differences as to how we want to fight crime, and we have discomfort about police activity. Um, but, you know, we're all in agreement that, that shootings and being beaten with a baseball bat are bad things. Sure. And, and I think that gotta be done. if we can actually see some changes here, and I know that there's been some meetings. We had a meeting here recently in Keene. I know there have been some other ones also around the, around the state about possible marijuana decriminalization on a wide scale in New Hampshire. Yeah. If we can actually get some of these things through, then we're going to see less crime. And it's going to be better for everybody. Then people can really respect the cops again. And then st- instead of being afraid, you know, that they're going to yeah. get pulled over and harassed or possibly taken to the clink for having a joint on them. Yeah. Dave, thanks exactly. for the update. As always, we appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. Well, the next stage in smoking bans is about to come to a Texas, I, I guess, the entire state of Texas. Oh, God. It looks like the That's entire state. state. Yeah, it looks like the entire state and some other states considering it as well. It is the next logical step, or illogical step, however you want to look at it. It's bad news. And it has to do with the children, of course. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. The Packet 8. Toll-free lines, packet8.net for all of your voiceover IP needs. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the live streams. We've got a broadband version and a dial-up version of the show for your downloadable convenience. I guess it's not really downloading, it's streaming convenience. But anybody who's connected to the Internet should be able to handle one or the other of those live streams for free at freetalklive.com and get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. February 23rd through the 25th, meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to the phones, to the fun. Nick in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, hi. Hey, Nick, what's on your mind? Um, I was just calling about the... Uh discussion you guys had Tuesday night where you were, um, well, Mark actually was um, talking about why he doubted our evolution from primates. Yeah, he was saying something about how uh, primates can lift cars over their heads and, and people can't, so how could we have evolved from them? Well, that's true, but scientifically that is perfectly explainable. Okay, go right ahead. Um, well, there are two things. Number one, we evolved to be upright, upright walkers, basically because our environment was turning into planes as opposed to jungle. 
Okay. Explains part of the difference. And also the evolution of a much larger brain required consumption of a vast amount of calories. So it's highly unlikely that we'd be able to sustain both that kind of strength now, along with So a, dumber a people brain. are stronger is what you're saying? If you're no. That's no, well, that's, he might well, be that's saying, quite, but um, no, uh, the strength that chimpanzees have doesn't come from muscles. It comes from muscle connections. Well, that's, yes, that's true. And um, I don't think that they give up much as, as far as flexibility come, goes, and they certainly don't give up anything in upper body flexibility. I mean, a chimpanzee could, I could have the legs of a man and the upper body of a chimpanzee, and I would still be able to rip your arms off and beat you to death with them. I don't um, well, as I understand it, the lighter frame that we have, which is part of the, re- I mean, the scale of the muscle connective Mm-hmm. points are a lot weaker for the exact reason that we can walk upright. I mean, it does. Uh, a chimp doesn't really have the ability to walk around. No, he doesn't. Uh, so what's the evolutionary reason to walk upright, though? Um, well, the savannah of Africa used to be much like, um, much like what you'd see in the Congo. It was a very dense jungle. Mm-hmm. But around the time the earliest human ancestors were believed to begin evolving on a separate path from chimps and gorillas, um, that area started turning into what it is today, which is primarily open plain with clusters of trees. So we had to move quickly between across open country between the patches of So you're saying that vegetation. being able to be upright allows you to move faster? Sure. Uh, certainly. Yeah, and, you're not moving and, well, trees. and one of the other primary reasons is we can look over the tall grasses. But wait, I've seen the monkeys, and they they can walk on two legs. They can walk on two legs, but they can't move for any distance, um, and you know, with any kind of comfort, and they can't go nearly as quickly as I can. I see. Now the gorillas, you know, they do the the whole knuckle knuckle walk deal. Right. Um, you know, they'll they'll get after you in that period of time, but huh. you know, you're, you're, we're not we're talking about a fifty yard dash. A gorilla might take you down. He's not going to do anything with me in a mile round. Okay, I see what you mean. So you're saying the reason was because we had to run around from place to place? Right, and be able to see when predators were coming. I mean, we don't really have any natural defenses. I think that that's weak, though. I really do. Um, Now, I'm not saying that we evolved from chimpanzees. I understand that we didn't. Right. But we did evolve from a very strong primate. Um, And I have to say that there's there's no reason at all that my upper body can't be as strong as a chimpanzee's while my lower body is able to walk like a man. Um, I mean, I understand that in order to hold with the evolutionary theory, you have to stick with this, but it's just, it's it's soft. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. There you go. Nick, any response? Um, I wouldn't say it's soft. I mean, you see it all throughout the animal kingdom. Take a cheetah and a tiger. It's the exact same scenario. It's just what happened from their common feline ancestor. So I think it's... I think you can demonstrate it in a lot of circumstances. So you're looking at it. Uh, so Mark is Mark but the stronger is looking, hold on cheetahs a still beat the stronger cheetahs. But Mark, you're looking at it as a major change, and I think what Nick is saying on the evolutionary scale of things, it's relatively minor. So we just progressively became weaker and weaker in the upper body. That just doesn't make any sense as far as evolution goes, because upper body strength is such a powerful thing. But we weren't it's climbing so trees Hold on, anymore. Wait, wait, wait. If, and and let's use the feminine as an example. I mean, the reason that we're males, the reason that we're useful, is because um, we have upper body strength. Women don't have it, and. A female chimpanzee can still rip your arms off and beat you to death with them. This It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't hold water. Nick, final thoughts? Um, well, that's true. Um, I think you could explain that in some ways by our becoming tool users. So the focus for us, it was no longer necessary for us to have brute strength because we could 
take down much larger animal by sharpening a stick. Excellent response. Thank you, Nick. Off. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231, essentially saying that we're smart enough to the point where we didn't need the brute force anymore. Makes sense to me. I, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. I know that's the common explanation for what I say. Right. It's, it's explain, probably common in that scientists came up with this explanation as opposed to Mark's little New Agey religion theory. My New Agey theory, it has nothing to do with the religion before I even uh, you know discovered that. I came up with this particular theory. Mm-hmm. But what I'm telling you is the smart... Um, weak guy might beat the strong dumb guy or vice versa, but the smart strong guy is going to get the girl every single time. That's what evolution's about, and that's why that particular that's why it doesn't make enough sense mm. to me. Bring it back after you guys have had another fifty years worth of chances to postulate. Maybe you'll maybe it'll sound a little better. It right now it, it's not it's not airtight. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't. I don't think anybody's arguing that it's airtight. I just think that science has what they've accepted over time, and I trust the scientists over you. No, they have faith <laughs> in their little science thing. Uh, there's evidence. There's hard evidence. There's of hard evidence. I'm, I'm, I'm making uh, what? What? What's the hard evidence that we evolved? Um, uh, look you know, at the, this. Look at the skeletal changes over time. Look but at I'm the, telling uh, you, there's there's some evidence otherwise. I'm making a case for evidence to the contrary. Okay, fine. Anyway, uh, USA Today reporting on the new smoking ban in America. As we predicted, you know, we've seen uh, these sort of escalations here in the severity of smoking bans. You've got bans where people are not allowed to smoke in cars in some cities. In some cities, you know, there's now a city in California where you're not allowed to smoke anywhere but a single-family detached residence. Mm-hmm. And... We predicted that the next step was going to be that they were going to stop people from smoking inside their own homes. Yep. If there's children if present. If there's children present. And what do you know? Anti-tobacco forces are opening a new front in the war against smoking by banning it in private places such as homes and cars where children are present. Yes, starting January 1st, Texas will restrict smoking in foster parents' homes at all times and in cars when children are present, according to the Department of Family and Protective Services. Vermont, Washington, and other states and counties already prohibit foster parents from smoking around children in their homes and cars. Arkansas and Louisiana passed laws this year forbidding anyone from smoking in cars carrying young children. Courts are ordering smoke-free environments in custody and visitation disputes. So if you get into a dispute with your ex-husband or ex-wife about the kids and the court says... Well, you may be the best parent, but you are a smoker. Therefore, you're now no longer allowed to smoke inside your own home. This is coming down. It's happening now uh, in a variety of states. And what's going to happen? People are just going to deal with it. Yeah, they're going to shrug their shoulders, and and there's not going to be anything said. Oh, man, I guess I can't smoke inside anymore. We'll give you some more details coming up. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8. Toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Listener map there. Head over to map.freetalklive.com to get yourself on and surf around and see who else is on from the rest of the world. Uh, 1,700 
plus people, listeners of ours, have added themselves to the listener map, and it's free. Map.freetalklive.com. Smoking bans continue to get more oppressive and more intrusive into people's lives. Now, you know, it, it, go ahead. Um, I finished what you were saying. With states, a uh, variety of states, including Texas, Louisiana, let's see, Louisiana, uh, according to USA Today, we've got Vermont and Washington. Uh, Vermont, Washington, and Texas now all preventing foster parents from smoking in their own homes and in their uh, cars at times when children are present. Also, Arkansas and Louisiana passed laws in 2006 forbidding anyone from smoking in cars carrying young children. Courts are ordering smoke-free environments in custody and visitation disputes. John Bonshoff, executive director of Action on Smoking and Health, says, We are very rapidly moving to protect children from secondhand smoke, even from their own parents and grandparents. Yes, because it's going to protect children to lock parents in jail. I mean, that's going to really help kids in America. Well, I don't think that they're probably going to be uh, locking people in jail right away. But if you refuse to pay their fine that they gave you, I'm I'm sure that you'd spend a little time in the pokey. I bet you're right. Um, Now, this is disturbing on two fronts. This is saying you don't have the right to make a decision as to whether or not to smoke in your own home. That's That's disturbing. And it's also disturbing is... You don't have the ability to un- to raise your own children without our guidance. Um, so correct. This now that sort of happened with the kids and the uh, child seat and the car thing, um, and it's just it's moving a little farther and farther down the line to Oldius Huxley's brave new to, world. To total control of individuals in America. And if Sorry, you think, if, you know, whatever you think about raising kids is not right. We have to tell you because you're that much of an idiot. If you think we are being outrageous, if you think that we're out of line by suggesting that it's going to get worse, just look at the evidence. It is getting worse, and it's not going to stop with smokers. So here's my next prediction, Mark. Now that they've got their foot in the door with foster parents and also, not just foster parents, but custody and visitation disputes... In that if you've got a dispute with the, the, your kid, with your ex-wife, they're going to have an order on the table that says, now you can't smoke around your kids anymore. Yeah. The kids are over for visitation, no smoking. That's probably more the uh, spouse's decision than anything else, is what I'm guessing. What? You would have what to you dispute it. If you and I had kids and we were breaking up and yeah. uh, you know I had I had uh, custody of the children and you wanted to have visitation and I don't I could like, tell the judge you're a smoker I don't or, like you I could say something yeah. like that well you know well okay here's kids. my next prediction right because they've mm-hmm. pretty much all they've all almost gone as far as they can go with smoking I mean there's only a, a few more steps they can go to and that is banning smoking for everybody for the health of everybody because now they're just using the kids to get their feet in people's homes right. So they're going to ban smoking for, for everybody, for the benefit of all mankind, and then they can ban cigarettes as well. Because if we just ban cigarettes, then it won't be a problem anymore, supposedly. right? right. And, and there's plenty of problems that go along with all that, prohibition, etc. But the other door they've opened here is the door to your house and the behaviors that go on in your house. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the next logical progression, and they'll, they'll probably start again with foster parents and expand out to... Uh, to people in court decisions or custody disputes, they're going to say, well, um, if you're going to be a foster parent or if you're going to be taking care of this child, you're not allowed to take him to McDonald's anymore. Mm, McDonald's is threatening. In fact, we're going to be sending in a uh, social worker once a month 
They're go- or on a random basis. Random would be better because you could prepare for it once a month. On a random basis, just any old day, we're going to come by and we're going to check your pantry out. We're going to make sure you don't have any trans fats. Trans fats are bad. We're going to make sure you don't have any... With that uh, faux gras crap. Yeah, we, you can't have any uh, junk food in there. No Doritos. Uh, no, no Pop-Tarts. Can't have any of that. Nothing with anything. You know, they're going to set down rules and regulations for what you can and can't feed kids soon. Yeah. And it's going to be for the benefit of the children. We don't want to hurt children now, Mark. Wait, we've got an epi- We've got an obesity epidemic in this country. Just look at America's children. We've They're got, so fat, and we've got to put a stop to this. We've got a suing epidemic is what we have. We have pe- too many people too concerned with what I'm doing at my house. Well, we also have a, socialist, we also have a socialism epi- epidemic as mm-hmm. well. In a country where everybody is told, that, or they're starting to be told on a more regular basis, that you have a right to health care. You should just be able to get free health care. And if we actually do get so-called free universal health care, which, of course, isn't free. It's paid for by taxpayers. But nonetheless, if that does come about, then they're going to have even more reasons to make these intrusions into your lives. Because then the excuse is going to be, well, (laughs) you want free health care, and we're paying for your health care, so you've got to let us into your life and make it so we can check out your eating habits. If you think I'm being extreme, I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But let's go back to the smoking ban. That was just my prediction for what's coming next, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's go back to the smoking ban. Former Surgeon General Richard Carmona said in June that children exposed to secondhand smoke suffer an increased risk of respiratory ailments and sudden infant death syndrome. Most smoking bans apply to workplaces and spots like bars and restaurants. Smokers' rights clubs liken banning smoking in private uh, to the Salem Witch Hunt, says Gary Nolan, spokesperson for the Smokers Club it's, uh, Incorporated. He says secondhand smoke is not dangerous. Quote, if we don't reverse this, they'll be telling us what we can eat and what we can feed our children. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be tell- telling you that very soon. I wonder if that's former libertarian presidential candidate. Gary I don't know. Nolan. That's what I thought when you said it, too. <laughs> anyway, former smoker Bob Mathis, a Democratic... You know, I had for lunch, uh, I wonder I wonder if I'd be able to p- p- slide this by, because it kind of has this... Um, you know, they had the sense of being healthy for you. It was spinach with uh, tomatoes sliced up on it and capers. Mm-hmm. But then I put the oil and vinegar on it, mm. and it had sliced mozzarella. You know, mozzarella comes in little balls. Okay. Uh, th- those Never were seen sliced that up. before. Yeah, I don't know why they come. Um, often comes that way. But the good huh. mozzarella comes in little balls. The expensive <laughs> mozzarella. I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you're I wondering if that would have been Cheese approved. Cheese and oil? Eh, I don't <laughs> know. It seems unlikely. Smoke too tasty. It, uh, it, it's way too high on the taste meter, so it should be banned. Former smoker Bob Mathis, a Democratic state representative in Arkansas, sponsored a law that bars smoking in a car carrying a child young enough to require a car seat. It took effect in July. A violator, a violator can be fined $25, but can get out of it with proof of participation in a smoking cessation program. A similar law took effect in Louisiana in August. Oh, they'll let the fine go as long as you promise to quit. That's right. Mathis says, quote, we have laws on the books in every state of the union against child abuse, and this is a form of child abuse. Now, do I believe that it's a good thing to smoke around one's children? I can't see how it'd be great. I, I, I don't, don't think either. it's good. I, when I smoke, I, I always, I've always smoked out of doors, mm-hmm. and now that I've moved to New Hampshire, that doesn't really work out. But I do smoke in the basement. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I smoke away from people. Um, so I'm not 
for smoking around your kids. But my dad smoked around me. We, um, you know, back you then have you, respiratory you rolled problems. the windows up tight and smoked in the car. Are you are you hurting from your father? I'm hurting. Smoking. I'm hurting from these um, stinking socialists that want to um, jam these lawsuits down my throat. Yeah, does it matter if you're driving in your car with your window down or up? I mean, is that a factor here? I doubt it. It's just the fact that you're in your car with your kids smoking. And I don't think people want to hurt their kids. And according to the evidence, secondhand smoke isn't as dangerous as the government would have you believe. But, of course, the government's not going to tell you that. No, they just want to control, control, control. I wonder, I mean, you know... They're going to take your kids away from me if you let them spend too much time out in the sun? I mean, if you let your kids play too far out in the waves at the beach, they could get swept away. At least six states. If they wander too far away from you in the park, a squirrel could come up and bite them. At least six states and some counties. The world's a dangerous freaking place. Prohibit foster parents from smoking when foster children are present, according to uh, some... Somebody from Maryland. There are times when it's appropriate to regulate what people can do in their homes. The state is responsible for that child. Some courts are ordering parents in custody and visitation disputes not to smoke around their kid. Now they're more willing to restrict smoking even when there are no obvious health problems, says uh, the law professor and editor of Family Law Quarterly. It generally comes up, as you predicted, Mark, when one parent complains about the other smoking. This is just going to get worse. We're still on the tip of the anti-smoking iceberg. It's Free Talk Live. Your show, you take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free lines, that's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. The show is Free Talk Live, and that means you can talk about whatever you want. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there, we give them away. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show in return by shopping with us. Over at Amazon, head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all of your Christmas and holiday and Hanukkah and all the other holiday seasons, uh, winter solstice, Kwanzaa, whatever else is being celebrated this time of year. Get it all done at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and you don't even have to get out of your chair to do it. There's 35 categories of products, everything from clothing, office products, to furniture, to groceries, and, of course, Amazon's classic uh, collection of books, DVDs, and more. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter through that link... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of anything you buy, and that includes Amazon gift certificates. So buy products or gift certificates, have them gift-wrapped and sent out to the people that you care about, and feel good that you'll help support Free Talk Live at the same time. Really, what could be better? I mean, really. Well, you're going to have to do the shopping. You're probably going to shop from Amazon. Just go ahead and do that, please. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Also, you can AMP the show. Still working on getting the AMP credit card form back online. Apologize for the delays. We will get it back on, and we'll announce when that's all taken care of. Uh, To the phones we go. Let's talk to Carolyn in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Carolyn. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your Uh, mind? I I wanted to make a comment about uh, you you were talking about how they were going to have laws about you can't smoke around your children and yep. possibly come into your home and look at what you're eating. Uh, my comment is that they're already actually doing that as far as looking at what you are buying food for your family through the club cards that are so popular in all the major Who's they? Wait, wait, wait. Who's they? Uh, well, the information that is uh, gleaned from your purchases by using these club cards goes into the retailer's database, which mm-hmm. is shared with companies who um, 
are, are given that database through a contract with the uh, retailers who then use that information to do demographics and other types I don't of know. I don't really care if a company knows what kind of uh, brand of hot cocoa I'm buying. That doesn't really bother me at all. It's when that information falls into the hands of government when it becomes a problem. Well, that's what happens. Uh, how far do you think of a leap it is for that information to go uh, to insurance companies and whoever else pays for the information from that uh, data mining company? I, I don't think it's a very far leap, but right. you can always fudge the applications on those cards. Yes, I, I, I also agree with that. I'd, I'd like to share my recent experience with the... Uh, uh, grocery store retailers and okay. that club card experience. Uh, before you um, go any farther, I just wanted to say that uh, Captain America does all my shopping. <laughs> hey, good for you. <laughs> go ahead with your experience, Carolyn. Um, I went to a major uh, retailer, Kroger, mm-hmm. and I have a club card, but I choose not to use it. I've cut it up, and I tried to pay for my purchase with a check, which is you know basically the same as using my debit card, and. I had four different employees come to me and ask me why I didn't use my club card. And I explained to them I really don't need anybody to know exactly what I'm buying. That's nobody else's business, and I choose not to use it. And they had to do an override on my check, uh, which I thought was kind of strange. And so uh, the first supervisor they called couldn't do it, so they had to call another supervisor who, again, uh, cornered me and asked me why I didn't use my club card, mm-hmm. and I gave her the same response. And I asked her, you know, is there some kind of problem? Am I being flagged because I choose not to use a club card? And and she kind of hesitated and said, uh, well, no, but you are put into a certain class as a consumer, and you're allocated a certain amount of money that you are allowed to spend. And so mm-hmm. if you try to spend over that amount, we have to get approval off-site uh, for you to spend what was the amount of the check? It was uh, two hundred and eighteen dollars. Well, I can understand. I'm... I can understand where they're coming from. Having worked in retail, uh, people that write checks these days tend to be of a more kind of a shifty nature. They're trying to not saying you are like this, but I'm just telling you from the retailer's perspective, they're concerned that you're going to jip them with a uh, you know a bad check or something like that, and so they're overly concerned. They take a lot of steps dealing with people writing checks these days. Well, I understand that. I've, I've worked in retail for many years, also. But I personally have an objection to someone uh, making a decision for me. I'm not a child. I'm an adult. I'm mm-hmm. a parent. I have a child, and I'm a smoker. But uh, I have an objection to them putting me in a class. I, I, I'm going to inquire with the uh, headquarters as to exactly what type of information they use. I think that's what you should do. You should absolutely uh, go, up to the, go up the chain and find out what's going on. And if it's unacceptable, uh, find out if another grocery store offers a, a more uh, acceptable service to you. And, and choose to pay with cash. I, sure. I don't know if you've seen the uh, Visa commercial where everything's operating smoothly until... Yeah. One very gauche uh, individual decides to use cash and yeah, throws it everything was, off. It, it was really? really funny. Like uh, you know, there's they're in sort of a uh, cafeteria where you know drinks are pouring and um, you know foods being put on a tray and yeah. everything looks very mechanical and and you know this is very 21st century and everything snapping along and then some jackball pulls out his wallet <laughs> and wants to pay and. Greenbacks. Yeah, everybody really looks at him like, "Oh my God, I can't believe you wow. pulled out those things, you, you disgusting cretin!" Wow, I've never seen. Of course, it's I don't watch TV. It's, it's brand new. But yeah, they really are pushing uh, credit these days, aren't they? That's pretty right. heavy duty. Well, and, and another comment on that, as far as you know, 
uh, your ATM card, your regular debit card, actually issued by the bank and not Visa, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> if you go into a number of establishments, Subway, for example, and ask them, do you take ATM? And they say yes, and you get up to the counter to pay, and they say, oh, gee, I don't know what that is. We don't take that. Because they're conditioned to believe that your Visa check card is a debit card. It's just your ATM. It's not. They're totally different. Hmm. And uh, so they're trying to phase that out as well. But well, yeah. cash is still king in my book, and uh, I'll continue using it as much as possible, uh, despite what the commercials say. Carolyn, thank you for the okay. call. We appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. I said we were going to talk Walmart. Just enough time for the story. The city council in San Diego voted late Tuesday to ban certain giant retail stores, dealing a blow to Walmart's uh, stores' super centers, potential to expand in the nation's eighth largest city. The measure, approved on a 5-3 to three vote, prohibits stores of more than 90,000 square feet that use 10% of space to sell groceries and other merchandise that's not subject to sales tax. It, it takes aim at Walmart's super center stores, which average 185,000 square feet, and sell groceries. Now, the mayor has said he's going to veto the ban if the council reaffirms it on a second vote. However, the council can override his veto with just five votes, and the original vote was five to three. So Mm. this sounds like it's going to go through. And they're attacking Walmart for being big. Uh, Supporters of the ban argue that Walmart puts smaller competitors out of business pays workers poorly, and contributes to traffic congestion as well as pollution. Huh? How is it that Walmart contributes to pollution? The fact that there's cars driving to Walmart? Seems ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I would think they save on uh, you know pollution from cars. Not having to people, drive a bunch of places. Right, people don't have to go different places to buy things. Opponents said the mega retailer provides jobs and low prices and that a ban would limit consumer choice. The council member who opposed the ban says, quite simply, I don't think it's the role of the San Diego City Council to dictate where families should buy their groceries. Yes. I would agree. Thank goodness, uh, but unfortunately, he's in the minority. You know, this is the same. These are the same sorts of people that would say, you know, Walmart offers lower prices, right? They these do. are the same people that bemoan, oh my God, the people need to be paid a living wage. They need to be, you know, the working poor. They're just, a, you know, kids eating ketchup soup. <laughs> oh my God, beans every night. These same people want to take snatch the food out of the mouths of these kids. Mm-hmm. And because they hate Walmart you so much. You should have to pay more. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's the craziest. The, the, the fact is, it just goes to show that the unions don't like Walmart, and the Democrats are on the sides of the unions, yep. and so that's just the way that goes. And, and Walmart is not a perfect business. They don't no. do everything perfectly. I'm not a huge uh, fan of all of their business practices, but I am a fan of them being able to open a business where they want to open it, where they can buy the land. Right, and you being able to choose whether or not you want to go to Walmart. Because that's really, right. you know, when you start, um, when the politicians start using their zoning rules and all that other stuff, it takes choices away. It takes freedom away, and that's not what America's about. And you got to hand it to these guys. Walmart spokesman Kevin McCall said uh, the company may consider a legal challenge or voter referendum if the measure becomes law. These guys... I mean, I would at this if I was Walmart, I would just say, okay, fine, whatever, see you later. You know, I'm not going to bring a, my store to your to your area if this is how you want to treat me. But thank goodness that they want to actually fight this. You know, they want to yeah. fight to bring their services to people and allow them to make the choice on and, their own. And you know, all these people passing this law are some kind of bigwigs that wouldn't bother shopping at Walmart anyway. You know, they do all their shopping sure. at someplace else. At the Whole Foods store. Yeah. Which, by the way, is run by a libertarian. That's, that's what I understand. Hey, um, quick news about Britney Spears, in case you haven't heard. Oh God. 
she has now uh, been caught with her pants down, so to speak, or with her underpants off. There's actually uh, pictures of her available on the Internet right now. You can see Brittany's uh, special areas, and it's proof, Mark, that being naked does not equate to sexiness. When you see the, the pics, you'll know exactly what I mean. We'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com and on your local radio stations as well. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.